Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I've been blessed enough in my life to meet individuals who've been able to leave me clues on my journey to success. The goal of this show is to bring you the experience of those who have achieved great things and allow you to be a fly in the wall, soaking up clues for your own journey to success. Let's get right into this week's episode. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Success Leaves Clues. Uh, for this episode, I have a good friend of mine. We go way back from when I first got here in Indianapolis. This guy, whether you love him or whether you hate him, he is probably the top sports commerce that we have in Indianapolis in this market. He has been doing this for a long time, and now he is with The Athletic. Exactly. Um, and he is a beat writer, sports writer, gets the right. Great, awesome stories, man. Welcome on to Successfully Sleuths. Thank you, sir. Good to see you, Jimmy. No doubt, no doubt. So Bob Kravitz, right? So formerly of the Indiana Star podcast, you probably did anything there is to do as a writer, right? But you're in you're in the job that you love. I, I love what I'm doing, man. I'm, uh, you know, it's not like when I was writing for the Star, where I was writing four columns a right. week. Now I write maybe two or three pieces a week, but they're more deep dives. And they're more involved, and it, it's it's a great chance to spread your wings and, and write the way you really want to write. So, speaking of writing, what's probably one of the top stories that you wrote about over your career in Indianapolis? Well, I mean, there've been a bunch, you know, but one story that comes to mind is, you know, and it was a sad story, unfortunately. Right. But uh, and you were you were with the Colts at the time. I found out in the middle of the week, this is crazy, I was buying a car for my wife. Wow. Or we were buying a car. And the guy at the car dealership said, well, you're going to have a busy week next week. I said, why? And he said, well, um, there's a, they told me, I said, Chuck Pagano has cancer. And I was like, you're kidding me. So, you know, you've got to, in my position, you've got to check out every crate. Of course. You just, you never know. And so I reached out to a few people, not Chuck. Yeah. Reached out to a few people in the organization and said, look, this is what I'm hearing. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is not a problem, but uh, this is what I'm hearing. And to their credit, uh, they didn't run from it. They said, yes, it's true. But they asked me for a couple of days. Wow. Because the team was on uh, on the bye week, mm-hmm. so everybody spread out all over the country, and they weren't meeting again until that following Monday, I think eight a.m. So I was told you could tweet it out and all that at eight fifteen. So because because I do have a relationship, you know, if this was something with the Eagles or the Jaguars, yeah, absolutely, Jaguars, that story that story they're not even confirming. No, <laughs> but. Because it's the Colts, and because these are people with whom I do have a long-standing relationship right. with, and you don't want to screw them over. I wanted to give them an opportunity. I didn't want the players to read about it in the newspaper, and I I felt good about that. I I talked with my editors about it, and so and I said if Adam Schefter or Mort or anybody else comes sniffing around, please let me know because then that story yeah. got to go. Nothing happened, and unfortunately, fortunately, from a journalistic standpoint, we got the story first. Unfortunately, it was true. Right. And, and you guys found out at eight a.m. I believe. Um, yeah. So funny story. Like, I, like the bomb had went off the season before, and Grixon, I was caught in that in that the whole charade. So I was let go. 
to see you before Chuck Mag- Magano came. Oh, that's right. But I was still close to the team. But yeah, that definitely was devastating news about hearing his uh, his cancer diagnosis. It's interesting that you will hold a story like that, right? Yeah, and you know, like Adam Schefter caught a lot of crap for uh, tweeting out that uh, Andrew Luck was going to retire at the game. At the game, yeah. Before he had a chance, I will say this in, in Adam's defense. Um, that story had been out there for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Andrew had told several teammates that he was going to retire, and every every player has an agent, and agents love to talk. Mm. And so I I don't know this for a hundred percent fact, but I have to assume you know uh, Adam's got incredible sources, uh, especially amongst the agent class. Oh, no question. And he found out about this, and and I I I would not have waited either uh, on that story. It's just too too important. I just felt, you know, when we're talking about a cancer diagnosis, you have to treat it with a little bit of, um, you know, restraint. Yeah, no question. And respect, and and I did not want the players to find. I mean, maybe that's not something that I should care about as a journalist, right. as a human being. I do. Right. And I felt like uh, this was something they were working with me, so I was willing to work with them. No, that's so it came out on Monday, and that's how it kind of started. Great. And um, now uh, the big story that you're working on is Mr. Peyton Manning, yeah. obviously first year eligible to make the Hall of Fame, um, and you're doing a story um, on his career. I, well, what I'm doing is I'm doing 18 stories on, on Peyton. Uh-huh, I like it. Yeah, 18 stories on Peyton. I've talked to about 14 guys, including yourself, um, so far. Hopefully, I'll get 18, but some of you guys gave me great stories. Yeah. <laughs> great, great stories. So I'll have 18. That's going to come out the week prior to him being elected to the Hall of Fame, which wow. February 6th. And I, I, uh, I hope people will read it and subscribe to The Athletic. Um, through that story, but his story, the stories of him as a prankster are absolutely yeah. hilarious. World class. World class. I mean, the stuff that he's done to people. Yeah. Uh, I just feel fortunate in my life that the only time he got me was uh, at the end of the 2000, the season that he missed. Mm-hmm. 2011. Mm-hmm. I walked up to him, uh, I think it was in Buffalo, and he goes, the phone, uh, his last game, I remember who they played. And he says, hey, it's Andrew Luck's agent. And, uh, you know, it's like, because that whole season I had been writing. Oh, about them letting go. About yeah. them letting go, which was very hard to do because I like him and respect him, you know, to no end. But it just made sense to me that he was right. a guy whose arm right. was going to fall off. And they owed him, I don't know, $28, $36 million or yeah. whatever. And you have the greatest quarterback of a generation coming out. Right, right. What are you going to do? It was obvious. So um, I get a lot of crap for this amongst my friends. And this is the first time I'm saying this uh, on air. Um, but I tell people, also that season, I got injured in week one. Mm-hmm. And I tell them that if I had not got injured, 
we wouldn't have never got Angel up. Probably not. So I'm just as responsible than Peyton, <laughs> right? But I get no credit for it. Yeah, so all my guys are like, you, you weren't that good. We were, I'm like, bro, there were games where I'm telling you, I wouldn't have called that play. I would have made that stop. But uh, I, I get a lot of crap yeah, for that. But, but, uh, you know, God bless him, but there's just so much you can do with Curtis Painter. There it is, man. But what do you think? GB at linebacker the whole season. Do we win more than one game? Well, do, do we have to get Robert Griffin or, or, or someone else in that draft class? Well, you know, if if they had gotten the second pick, Mercy mm-hmm. has told me they would have taken Robert Griffin. Oh, yeah, yeah. He would he would have taken RG three because right. there was there was no question that Luck was the guy. Yeah, no question. But you know. RG three wasn't that far behind. Yeah, not at the time. But then it goes it goes into development, the system that you're in, the right. coaches, and the sports system. So who knows how things went up? And out. A, lot, a lot of really good talents have gone to Washington. And all right, yeah, no doubt. So let's change gears one more time. It's funny. Um, I come from Philly, and the sports writers are a little bit different there. Right? They're brutal. Howard Purcell. I mean, they, I mean, they have people on suicide watch. Yeah, I know. Right? Um, and I know because one of our best friends played in Philly, he didn't leave his house. So when I got here, I just, I thought you were always entertaining, honest, like fair, and just gave you a fair assessment on players. Well, thanks. Thanks. I tried to. I mean, yeah, it, it's funny because I grew up in New York. Yeah, yeah. You know, I used to read uh, Dick Young and Mike Lupica and guys like that, and they were hardcore opinion guys right. they, they weren't necessarily clickbait guys but they had a point of view and those were the guys that i grew up reading so i kind of brought some of that new york mentality to indianapolis um, which worked out fine for me but at the same time indy is not a hardcore sports town not because the people don't try to be hardcore but it's just a smaller number of people mm. you know and you know, in New York, you had four newspapers and you had all the newspapers in the surrounding areas. And, you know, you go to a press conference and there'd be 40, 50, 60 people there. You go Pacers game, there's maybe eight people. Right. So it's just it's just a different dynamic is what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, I definitely came here with a New York mentality. I've had a little bit of that beaten out of me over time. But uh, I still I still like the hardcore um you know, guys and, and women who uh, have a strong point of view. Now that's amazing. So, um, what year did you did you get here in Indianapolis? I got here in two thousand. Okay. Yeah. So two thousand. So Coach Dungey came. What year? Shortly thereafter. Let's see. Uh, so it'd have been oh one oh two. I think that sounds right okay. because uh, yeah, Jim Mora, who I yeah. love. Playoffs. Right. Uh, Jim Mora. Yeah, he. Uh, had a falling out with Bill Polian, as many of us have. <laughs> and uh, uh, he wanted to fire Vic Fangio, mm. if you remember. Defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator. And Jim, uh, to his credit, refused to go along with that. He would not allow Polian to do it. And Polian said, well, you're out the door. But, yeah, that's about when I came in. Uh, I remember that 41 nothing game wow. in, in, in uh, New York with the Jets. And the I, I remember watching that. Yeah, it was not pretty. Same story out there, linebacker. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, I remember that. So, um, so you've been here since year two thousand. So, what has been like the biggest story for you to write about? Like, what was been one that you like? Like, you stayed up all night. You had to write about it. You had to get it out. Well, um, 
I mean, there's been a lot of stories I've broken. I'll give you one example. It's not a huge story, but I found out during the week, uh, it was during a bye week, mm -hmm. that Coach Pagano had cancer. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to some people with the Colts and said, look, I hope to God this is wrong. This is, but I still have to check everything because you never know. I mean, it's like we heard rumors that uh, Andrew Luck had gotten hurt snowboarding. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and none of us, none of us checked it because we thought it was so outrageous. Wow. Well, we should have. Wow. That's on us. But so uh, I reached out to some people, and what I was told was, yes, that is the case. But they begged me not to write it mm. until Monday at like eight fifteen because the coaches wanted uh, the owner Jimmy Ursay wanted at eight o'clock to meet with the team after the bye week, which I think you remember. Right. And tell the team he wanted the team to know before they read it. Wow. And I just told my sources, I said, look, you know, I'll be glad to hold it. It's it's hard. It's hard to hold that information. But I said, I will hold it for you guys. But if Adam Schefter or Mortensen or any of those other guys come sniffing around you got to let me know. You got to do me a solid. Right. And thank God, you know, you know, I mean, it's a terrible, awful story. I wish I didn't right. have to write, but I remember calling my editor and saying, look, we got to have a whole package ready to go at 8.15. I will tweet it out at 8.15. I will have a story ready to go at 8.15. Right, right. Um, we need to do a whole piece on the type of leukemia. Mm -hmm. We need to be completely ready. So, that was big. I think the biggest story. But that, that but, but that's, that, sorry to cut you off, but that's yes. like professional courtesy. Professional courtesy. Yeah. I, I'm not sure other, so percentages, how many reporters um, like in this market holds that story till Monday at 15? I think most because when you're dealing with a local franchise mm -hmm. and people who you've gotten to know right. and people who in some cases you've gotten to like quite a bit and tr they trust you and you trust them. Um, I think it's different now. If it was something like, for example, with the flake gate, right. I found out uh, after the game, mm -hmm. um, I was able to get it confirmed about 1230 in the morning or at night. And I thought, should I hold this and just make sure that it's confirmed by the NFL? And I said, ah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, uh, but yeah, you, you know, when so I, I, I think I would have hurt myself long term if I had come out with it before yeah. they had a chance to tell the team. So that was probably one of the biggest stores in Indianapolis prior sports scene history, right? One. So, so definitely just want to give some color behind it because when we say the, the flake league, obviously we know yeah. exactly what it is. So the year was like, I was going, what was that, 2012, 13? No, that was uh, 2015. So 2015. The other day was uh, six years anniversary. Wow. So uh, we're playing um, New England Patriots, yeah. right, who we, who we don't like. Right. I respect them now. Sure. Before I hated them, right? Now I respect them. They're a great team. So, uh, DePaul Jackson, was it DePaul Jackson's interception ball? Right. DePaul Jackson intercepted Tom Brady, mm -hmm. gave it to the sideline. Right. Because we can get an interception, we want to get it painted, we want to get it right. all drawn on. So, he gives it to one of our equipment managers, and they're like, uh-uh, kind of odd. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a little... little, a little light, a little, little, light, a little, little bushy. Light. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole thing, it was so crazy. I had no clue what was going on during the game, except that, unfortunately... 
you guys are getting your ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and my big concern was getting the lobster roll yeah. at halftime. In the, great, great seafood Boston. Great seafood Boston. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but uh, then, you know, about 11.30 or so, I looked at my phone and some, somebody wanted me to call them. I got some information for you. And I found out and I was told by this person that they were being investigated for mm. allegedly using the flight of footballs. I'm like, holy shit. And, and, and just so people could know, like, yeah. uh, the flight of football helps out with your grip. grip. And exactly. when it's cold, it helps a quarterback grip the ball better and throw it. So right. It's it a about, huge a, a competitive it advantage. It is a competitive advantage. And it was about 46, 48 degrees. Not right. terribly awful, but it was a little rainy, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. And it made sense. And, and, you know, at first I thought, I thought it was absurd, right. to be honest with you. But then I started thinking about, you know, Spygate, and there's always been whispers about all the yeah. under underhanded things that they've done over the years. And, you know, it, it, look, I would have checked on it if it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. But it kind of made sense when you put yeah. two and two together. And I reached out to virtually everybody I know and was able to get a confirmation on it. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have run it un unless I had at least a second confirmation. Wow. And yeah, I, so I once I did, I was like, well, let's let it rip. And then I think we broke the internet. Yeah, look, it, it would have been an even better story that the game was actually close. And like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they probably, they'd, they'd have beat us. Oh, with a shuttle cop. Yeah, 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 with a bad shuttle cop. So it was close, it would have been very interesting on um, but. Um, well, a lot of people kept saying to me, Gary, like, well, it had nothing to do with the game. I was like, look, if you are a baseball player and you take steroids and you just suck and hit 257 with three home runs, it doesn't mean you didn't cheat. just means that you didn't do a good enough job of cheating. Yeah, no, nah, exactly. But, I mean, so there's one thing in professional sports where you're going to take any competitive advantage you can take, right, and try Absolutely. to skirt by the rules. But, obviously, they always take it to a step further and been busted by it. So very interesting. Um, um, how, how do you feel about the Patriots? Like, what is your... I, I, look, I think Bill Belichick is the greatest coach who's ever lived. So, they, so do you think Bill Belichick or Tom Brady is responsible for their success? I think the uh, equipment managers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, uh, look, Brady. Look, mm. I mean, look at what's going on right now. They're both... They're both... Uh, you know, they're the two primary reasons, obviously. Right. And Belichick is a fantastic coach. Mm -hmm. But look, I don't care how good your X's and O's are and your motivational speeches and all the other stuff. If you ain't got the quarterback, you ain't got nothing. Right. It's a lot of double negatives right there. Yeah. yeah. No, no, <laughs> so, I mean, so playing them, I think why they were so good was because every game, I feel like they came out with a new attire. New dude, yeah, yeah. And you can never, as a defense, like typically there's tendencies. Right. All right. If the halfback is offset to the left and the tight end is in this position, 90% of the time they run this play. Right. Well, they would like self-scout and know the stats, and then they would have it, and they run a totally different play. So after three, your tendencies get busted. It's like, yeah, I, I got to play football. I got to play football. Yeah, I got no clue what they're going to do. So I think that was always interesting. Yeah, they just no. did a great job of having smart guys and, like, every game, like, switching it up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that That was always the, the frustration, I think, for Peyton because Peyton would study and study and study. Right. And then all those tendencies would go out the window, and then all of a sudden he didn't know what, what the hell to do. Right. Nah. So speaking of Peyton, 
Um, this is uh, his first time um, as a finalist, uh, mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. Think he'll, think he'll make it? <laughs> no brainer. Uh, he gets in, yeah. right? Um, so what, what's your best Peyton Manning story? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I don't know if it's the best, but, you know, since he's retired, I, I, I reach out to him every once in a while on email. And um, a lot of times I, I, I get word from somebody that, you know, their father has pancreatic cancer mm. and has a month to live and they're huge Peyton fans. And is there any way we can get in touch with Peyton? So, you know, I have an agreement with him that I'll email him and say, Hey, somebody wants this. And if you want to do it, do it. And if you don't, don't, you know, right. and without fail, Gary, I'll get a call back from some, a family member saying Peyton Manning just called my father and talk to him about his cancer journey. I, I don't think people know how much stuff like that he does. He does. It's it's unbelievable. And I remember sending him an email and say, hey, man, I, I know I'm always asking for something and I don't feel comfortable with it, but, you know, you mean a lot to a lot of people. Right. Um, you know, I'll just give you another little example. One day we're uh, out at, uh, maybe it was Rose Holman, I don't remember, maybe it was Anderson. And he was signing autographs. And I noticed that his autograph is perfect. I mean, beautiful penmanship. So I just out of nowhere, I asked him about it. We end up spending 45 minutes talking about the importance of doing your signature correctly. Mm. And it's funny, I talked to Anthony Gonzalez about it the other day. And Gonzo said, I changed my John Hancock because Peyton told me to. Wow. Yeah. And I, I wish you had that conversation with me because my shit is awful. Did you at least put 58 on it? So I put 58 on it. All right. So people I just know. put a G in the front, though. Just a G, yeah. Yeah. yeah the um, lazy man's autograph. Nah, no question. Um, nah, I'm definitely looking out for him. Reggie Wayne, another finalist. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Weez getting in? Weezy. Second time in a row he's been a finalist. Um, obviously, definitely deserving of getting into the Hall of Fame. No doubt. I just don't think it's going to be this time. Mm. Uh, I, I there are there's just a bunch of really great wide receivers right. like Tory Holt who are stacked up and waiting. Yeah, and think about it. Marvin Harrison had to wait. Had to wait. Marvin Harrison was second year, I think. Mm -hmm. Marvin, um, I think Reggie will have to wait a little longer than Marvin. I think he might be a third year guy or a fourth year guy, but. I think he's going to get in. I, I don't know if you saw Mike Chappell's. No. Uh, Mike Chappell did a thing. He's, he, he's introduced. Oh, oh, I did not. Yeah, yeah. I watched a little bit of that. He basically said, okay, Peyton Manning, drop the mic. Wow. That was his presentation. That's <laughs> like, funny. And then uh, David Baker, who runs the uh, Hall of Fame, says, anybody got any uh, questions or concerns about Peyton Manning? Silence. And so that was pretty cool. That's funny. Mike's a good dude. Mike's a good man. I, I, I like Mike. Mike Mike started out. He came over here on the Mayflower, I, I tell him. So the crazy thing about Reggie, so Reggie's one of my best friends. Yeah. So I'm selfish as hell, right? Wanting to get in, him painting the edge, get it out the way. Let's go have an epic ass party. Oh, hell yeah. You know, but I think um, he definitely gets in. So what's interesting is like, it's all about statistics when you talk about the NFL and you look at regular season st statistics, right? And Marvin Harrison and probably some of those guys have a little edge on Reggie. Yes. But when we're talking about the playoffs, he's incredible in the playoffs. He was so much better than Marvin. 
in the playoffs. He may be like the number one receiver in terms of like playoff stats, yeah. in terms of his receptions. And it's crazy. Like Wes Walker, is it Wes Walker or Wes somebody Walker, like that? Yeah. Has like is like close up there because he's been in the playoffs so much because he right. played with the Patriots. But uh, Reds are definitely getting. Um, I'll be sad if it's not this year. Just stuff was the yeah, I want to go see. Yeah, I, I think it would, it would be, be great. Peyton from the oh my god, throwing a Reggie. Yeah. Just that would be it would be awesome. But I just I don't see it happening this year. But uh, yeah, you know it's funny uh, as you probably remember. Um, you know the media would come in every day or mm-hmm. most days. Fridays a lot of guys didn't show up. Yeah. We already had our stories, but we started going because it was Fridays with Reggie. Right. So we'd sit by his locker room and he'd moisturize and he'd yeah. change and he'd make a phone call and he'd oh. he was like, Reggie, I'm spending half my life watching you moisturize and it's starting to get on my nerves. Yeah. And but he was always so good. He was always so funny. He'd tell his stories about it. I'm sure he's told you the story about uh, the snake with uh 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 who is the uh Reed. Uh, Anna. Uh, Reed? Ed Reed. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard this? No. So, uh, Red, Ed Reed had to go out of town for a couple of days. There was nothing oh, he, he had to watch the snake. He had to watch the snake. Yeah, yeah I did. And he forgot to feed the snake. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, yeah, I called up Ed one day and said, hey, man, Lord did. <laughs> you killed, you killed the snake. That, every time they're on TV, they talk about that. I do remember that. Long in, man. Uh, man. Uh, but it's crazy, man. Like what I miss more, most than anything, in, in, that, in those relationships in the locker room, man. That, like there is some solid dudes, right? Especially when I played, that, that we had to interview, man. So um, definitely, uh, man. Just amazing to see how many of those guys want to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, how special those those teams were. That's the thing. I, I got a book from Craig Kelly, who you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, he sent me his Peyton Manning book, and uh, he wrote in the uh, in the front. He said, "You and I were had front row seats to greatness, mm-hmm. and we really did." I, I wish to God you guys had won two Super Bowls. Oh yeah. Because I still think I think back to that 2005 team. Yeah. You know, when you lost to Pittsburgh, that team, I mean, you were like number two in offense, number two in defense, that team, that was a, that was an incredible team. It, it, it's a classic story of players being overconfident. Early in the year, we whooped Pittsburgh. Killed them. I think it was Monday night, big game, flying all over the place. First play of the game, bomb tomorrow. Because right, because everyone thought like, hey, this small coach defense, we're going to run all over Jerome Bettis, Hall of Famer. Right, they came out here and play action the hell out of us, yes, and I won't mention the safety name, but he did not have a good afternoon. Um, but we still had a chance to win at the end. Oh my God! Right. Well, you know, I still. You talk about the end, and I still. Everybody gives gives Vander Jack shit for, mm-hmm. for missing that. Game. Okay, fine. He's an easy target. But if you go back and watch the end of that game, Peyton had Edgerin open in the flat. Mm-hmm for a succession of 15 to 20 to 25 yard games. Wow. And instead he kept going downfield, going downfield. And that set Vanderjat up for, I think it was a 46. Right? Yeah. Let's go back. There was a number 58 who made an amazing play on the goal. That's line. what I remember. The ball pops out. And the guy runs oh! near sideline. Near sideline, man. You're gone. Oh, You're my gone. God. The and pain. Nike for his wife. Yeah, oh, man. Life. My so, God, poor Nick Harper. Yeah, I know. He'll, he'll, 
whatever. I mean, but to me, that was one of the most remarkable. I mean, you hit Bettis right on the ball. Mm, bite the ball. Bite the ball. Yeah. And so that was like an old uh, Coach Yando Rutgers. Yeah. You know, when you make a tackle, bite the ball, put your face mask right there on the ball. It's illegal now. We don't teach that anymore. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but uh, man, it, it was amazing. Some of those games, man, just epic. And just like you said, just uh, had a front row. The, the, great, the greatest game that I, I covered was, uh, I think you would probably agree with, be the, the AFC Championship game. Oh, no question. New England. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, and, and I've heard Tony talk about this, I've heard a lot of players talk about it, is that the Super Bowl was almost an anticlimax. No, yeah, for sure. You knew you're gonna win. I tell people, if, if, if it wasn't raining, we win by like thirty or forty. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest quarterback mismatch in a Super Bowl that yeah. I can remember. No, was, I agree. You know, with all due respect to Rex Grossman, um, you know, Rex versus Peyton. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna take Peyton's time. Yeah, it was epic stuff. So enough about football. Um, let's get about Bob, right? So, what about Bob? What about so question for you. So uh, when you're a sports reporter, what is your job like? Because people maybe have this confused that you should be a fan and you should support. Like, what is your position as a writer in your role? How? What is your What is your job as you see it to communicate what you see? Yeah. From, from your world. Yeah, I mean, as a columnist, it, it's different. If you're a beat guy mm-hmm. or a beat woman, you are covering the daily right. doings of the team. As a columnist, I'm basically telling people what I think. Right. It, it's really a very simple job description. Tell people what you think. One of the best things somebody told me was, don't tell me what you're writing about. Tell me what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. And... You know, for example, when you guys decided not to go for the perfect season, <laughs> I just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah. Face. Uh, when, you know, everybody wants to know, or I, I would hope a lot of people want to know what I think about that. Right. So, you know, that's what I'm writing about. I try to write about whatever, you know, I wrote the other day for The Athletic, who are the the best candidates to, to replace Philip Rivers? Mm. You know, Matt Stafford, Carson Wentz, Sam Donald drafty, whoever it might be. Uh, Jacoby, right. you never know. But, yeah, it's not going to be Jacoby. But that's the thing. It's just tell people, uh, you know, I, I fell in love with writing before I fell in love with sports. Wow. And um, I just love being able to communicate my thoughts. Now, you know, as, as somebody who covers the sports, do I, like, I don't know what your keys are as a middle linebacker right. on a certain play. But that's why I'll ask. I mean, that's one of the things I loved about you. Your team is there are a number of players who I would ask, off, you know, off the record, explain this to me. What what was supposed to be happening? Here. Right. And you had a lot of guys, including yourself, notably yourself, who would be honest and 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 make me a smarter writer. Right. So that's basically what I do. Is just uh, now with the athletic, I'm more of a general assignment guy i'm writing mm-hmm. these long features like right. writing this peyton manning sure 18 stories on peyton manning mm. before he's elected to the hall of fame um but yeah it's it's pretty simple simple job pretty simple man 
That's awesome. So talk to us a little bit about the Athletica. Like, how long have you been with them? Like, what, what's their business model? Because I see a lot of the reporters that were with some of the local stations yeah. now is, are, are with the Athletica. It seems like you guys are getting a lot of, a lot of stream, a lot of momentum. We're doing really well. Uh, we've been around, I think, four or five years. Okay. We've got well over a million subscribers. We are only behind, as far as digital subscribers, we're only behind the Washington Post, New York Times, and the Wall Street Journal. Wow, that's pretty good for four or five years. Um, it's it. The business model is we are going to provide the best and the deepest sports writing you're going to find. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, you know, if something happens, we're going to write about it immediately, quickly. But we're going to give you the story behind the story. Right. You know, we're going to take our time and really do deep dives. And that's the kind of thing that uh, I find interesting. You know, um, I mean, I like to react immediately. You know, Philip Rivers retires, boom, let's write something. But they want us to take go that next step. And the business model is all subscription. Mm. We do not take any ads. Wow. And we've made it work. We've made it work um, just by the quality of the work that's being done. And subscriptions are the bottom line on the whole business. Well, I've got to get subscriptions, myself included. All right, awesome. So when they see a link from you, it's best that they they show up, click the link, obviously go through and then sign up, right? Absolutely. What what we got to do, or what a reader has to do, is uh, you know, if if you're so inclined, uh, read my story. You'll get the first four or five paragraphs or whatever we show you, and then it'll give you a chance to subscribe. And I can only say from a totally selfish standpoint, I mean, I'd like you to subscribe no matter what, but if you go into my story, I get credit for that, that subscription, which helps me immensely. Uh, Absolutely. So definitely click the link when he writes an article, the Peyton Manning story is coming out. Peyton's coming out the week of, uh, February 6th. All right, February 6th. I'm going to put on my calendar. So I'm going to match it up. So uh, last topic that I want to touch on, and this probably deserves a little bit more time. So we'll probably go over a little bit just because I think we deserve this. Um, Recently, um, Jim Ursay, Darius Leonard, they came out speaking about the importance of mental health awareness. I know uh, yourself, um, I know you had some battles with, with mental health. Um, I remember, you know, as a friend, right, I remember uh, the Heinekens that we had in Sickleville, right, my first year, and um, I've always just, I've always viewed you as a friend, so definitely viewed your career, so you had bouts with sleep apnea, that was undiagnosed for a lot of years, caused some mental fog, like recently this year, I'm um, suffered a uh, quadruple bypass. Yeah, I've been lucky. Yes. So, <laughs> so, what is, so that mental health awareness is something that you're very cognizant of. So, what's your viewpoint on it? And what do you think about Ursa and Darius Leonard coming out? Well, I think it's it? awesome. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. I think it's one thing for Jim Ursa and his and his daughter mm-hmm. uh, Kaylin to do it. I think it's another for somebody that you look at as a Superman, mm. like Darius Leonard. And you know, Darius has had a tough life. I mean, he. He grew up with nothing. He lost, uh, I think, two two brothers uh, to uh, violence. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very grateful to the to the Ursays for for doing this. And yeah, it's something that I've I've struggled with since I'm in my 20s. Wow. You know, just uh, anxiety. Uh, I have you know bouts of depression. You know, I I'm not too proud to say that uh, I do take medication for it. Mm-hmm. That seems to have helped quite a bit. But what really, really, really helped me was 
one day I was in the hospital for some heart issue, my very minor. And the nurse, the next morning, I was in for observation. The nurse the next morning said, you don't sleep. She said, you, you stop breathing every 10, 15 minutes. You have really bad sleep apnea. I was like, maybe that explains why I feel like crap all the time right. when I'm exhausted. And I went and got a test and uh, it's very uncomfortable and it's, it's a pain in the ass. But the guy said, you have serious sleep apnea. And they put me on the CPAP. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, Gary, changed my life. Wow. I mean, I was, and I don't even know how low I could have gone. Right. You know, I mean, it scares me to think about how bad a shape I was in. I was in a, a mental, mental case. But once they got the sleep apnea uh, figured out, it just changed my life. All of a sudden I had the energy to work out. I had the energy to write, you know, I can remember beforehand writing columns where the words were just kind of yeah. coming together because I just couldn't concentrate. Wow. Um, so, and what, what makes me happy is that I did write about it and I've had several emails from several people, especially guys who also didn't understand why they were feeling like garbage and they got this done and they feel a million times better. Full transparency. Yeah. I was one of those guys really? that saw your story. You're kidding. I had sleep apnea. I got it done. Good for you, buddy. But I'm awful at or negligent about using my, my, my oh, machine. Don't be, uh, I, so, but after hearing you say that, I, I'm going to like I'm going to the doctor and I'm going to make sure that I, I definitely get my machine recalibrated. Right. So if it's not calibrated right, like the pressure comes in and just feels like it was choking me at night, and that's just like it takes a while get to that to get used to it. I so. tell people it takes a good two to three weeks. Wow. You know, I mean, you're going to have some rough nights, but. Uh, two to three weeks, and I'm telling you, it's an absolute life changer. Wow. Um, you know, unfortunately, I had some health issues unrelated to the sleep apnea. You, know, you know, I have a very bad family history with, with heart right. issues, but I'm telling you, I don't know where I would be, if anywhere, if uh, that lovely nurse had not said that to me. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, quick story I'm going to share with you. Um, it's amazing how sharing your vulnerability with others and just being like an advocate, how I help someone. So I can remember, man, six years ago now, um, you know, Instagram just getting popular. And then I had 2,000 followers, getting 10 likes a post. They're like, man, what am I doing every day? They're overthinking what I'm going to post. So I'm posting, and I, I don't care, I'm posting for me, right? I, I, so I'm at Coast Camp there in um, um, Anderson. And um, it was it was like one of those alumni days, and um, and you know there's the guys who played like football like a long career, and those guys who just kind of you know had a sandwich and shit, but they still get invited, right? So um, one of the guys he tasked me, and um, he was like, hey man, um, this guy actually played, so he tasked me, he was like, hey man, um, you saved my life, and I'm just like 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 what's up? Like you want to bet? Like like you like you're a gambler? Like what is? Then, then he like he hit me and then then I walked back. He was like, um, like he started tearing up. I'm like, he said, uh, I was gonna commit suicide one night. And in the morning time, I had my gun loaded, was writing my letters, and I went on Instagram and you posted something. And your post said, um, for men, 
Um, you don't ask for help because you're weak. You ask for help because you want to remain strong. And then he said he put the gun down, he called and got help. And, and this is like so important that people like you, like I, share our stories and our struggles, right? Because, man, that's a testimony that that's going to go help someone else. Like I, I, someone's watching the show, they go get the after their study, they get the machine, it's going to change their life. So like I commend you for sharing your story, for like always being on the forefront, man. And like you said, um, I was in Philly in New York, like reading those stories. So what, what you guys brought out here was just like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, the funniest thing I ever saw you write. <laughs> and I'm gonna give you a chance that you tell you, I know you know where I'm going. Uh, Super Bowl season, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was a rough game. That was a rough 375 yards on the ground. Yeah. First play of the game, I'm like, Kato Jew, I called the wrong close call. But at the end of the day, it's like, if I call the wrong close call, if y'all line up to what I say, then it doesn't matter. Like, we can make it right. But some players are like, no, it should be closed this way. And be like, well, I called it. So, whatever. So we're in the wrong alignment defense. The fit was wrong. Fred Taylor, everything he pulled his hands on an 80 yard run. Yeah. And then after that, the guys were getting hurt because they were running so much. So the funny, uh, you said that uh, uh, the only reason Jacksonville get, didn't run for 600 yards because the end zone kept getting in the way. <laughs> I had the biggest laugh because I was like, that is the truest shit that I've ever heard. Because it was Kato told me a couple of weeks later, he said, he said uh, or after the Super Bowl, he said, you should get a Super Bowl ring. Bruh, you should. <laughs> for that. You oh, man. That, that made us laugh and it pissed us off. Oh, yeah. It was. And, then, and then the next week, I remember that Tony Kornheiser, who was doing Monday Night Football, who was a friend of mine, he quoted that quote in his opening. And you guys went out and absolutely stoned Cincinnati on a Monday night game. They took Gilbert Gardner out. They put uh, Rob Moore as I said. And, and Bob Sanders came back. Came back. Yeah. yeah. So see, Tony always said, well, we didn't change a thing. We didn't change. Nah, you did. Yeah, yeah. You did. Gilbert was out. Rob was in. And the enforcer was back. Another story on whether Bob is a Hall of Famer or not. Um, short career, but God, if, if, the, if the criteria is someone who changes the game. Yeah. He should be on the list. But, well, hey, if Terrell Davis, who I covered, yeah. and I saw him get hurt. Uh, if Terrell Davis can make it, maybe there's a spot for Bob, but I doubt it, unfortunately. But what a game changer. Yeah. Guys did not want to run for fear of getting hit by that dude. I didn't want to tackle people. Pop. Like, I changed the way I tackled because of Bob. Bob and Mike Dawes. Because they would hit me. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go low. I'm getting out the way. Y'all can do whatever y'all want. Um, so uh, last question I asked all my guests this, man. This has been fantastic. But um, the, the name of the podcast is Success Leaves Clues. So like as a writer, as a human being, like what have been some clues that you have seen in your life that kind of led to your success? So if you have one clue to kind of give someone, your 20-year-old self, like what clue would you give him right now from the wisdom that you acquired over all these years? Not a lot of wisdom, Gary, but I would just say be relentless. Mm. Just be be relentless and, uh, you know, know where, know, you know, blaze your own path. Like, don't don't write what everybody thinks you're going to write. Don't be uh, predictable, you know. Um, don't just write about what people are talking about. Write about what people are going to be talking about tomorrow mm -hmm. because of what they read. But I... I just think it's relentlessness. It's one of the few good qualities that I possess is that when I get my mind on something and maybe I'll get my mind 
right on working out. <laughs> All right, let's, let's hope so. But uh, I, I just, you know, from from day one, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Uh, it was either play play hockey in the National Hockey League or um, be a be a sports reporter. And ho- hockey was not a, much of an option for me. I was a very average college player. Wow. So. Uh, um, yeah, I just think the relentlessness of it. And, you know, what I tell young people all the time is get your foot in the door early. Right. You know, and if that means taking out the garbage at the local newspaper, do it. Just be there because you never know when that break is going to come. And so I guess that would be about it. But I'm not much on the wisdom side of things, Gary, because I'm a, I'm a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. All right. Yeah. Hey, man. To the outside world, right? You, you've done more than all right. So I appreciate that. I definitely uh, appreciate your your columns. Uh, obviously, now they can sign up um, at the Athletica. I know when they buy Kravitz headline, but obviously appreciate your friendship over these years, man. Thanks for coming on and appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Success Leaves Clues. Please like and subscribe to this channel. And go to the Athletica, man. Sign up for Bob's article. I promise you, you're going to enjoy what you read. All right, guys. Till next time. I hope you were able to take some valuable insights from this week's chat. Feel free to reach out to me on social media with clues you gain or questions you need answers to. You can find my pages at GaryBracket.com. Remember, it is up to you to make the most out of your opportunities to reach success. Personally, I live this life with an abundance mindset. And deep down, I hope we all make it.